0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the More Money podcast. This is episode two hundred and eighty-four, and I'm your host Jessica Morehouse. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited, like I teased in last week's episode. So, 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 so excited to have my next guest on the show. I have the one, the only Tiffany Aliche on the show. I mean, she is a powerhouse and has had a hell of a year in 2021 already. So, just in case you don't know. Tiffany, the Budget Nista. Alice is America's favorite personal finance educator. I'd have to agree. And the author of Get Good with Money, which just came out this year. And through her Live Richer movement, she has helped over 1 million women save, manage, and pay off millions of dollars. And she is a former teacher for 10 years. She, she was a teacher with a master's degree in education. And Tiffany was instrumental in getting the Budget Nista law, which is A141 four passed in January 2019, making financial education mandatory for middle school students in New Jersey. Whoa, that's mega. That is huge. Uh, but like I mentioned, she just came out with a book called Get Good With Money. It is a New York Times bestseller. And it makes sense why that is. It is an amazing book. And she's also an amazing teacher. It makes it all makes sense. It all makes sense. I mean, I've been a huge fan of hers for so long. And I think a big Uh, reason why is she has this, I don't know, she's a bit magical in this way in that she has this power to just, she has this huge audience, but it makes you feel like she's only talking to you. Does that make sense? Like you just feel so welcomed into her um, community. And she really does have such a huge, huge community. So she really does have Uh, something special. And so we're going to talk about her journey, some of her um, best tips. We're going to dive into her latest book. So many great things to look forward to in this episode. So I cannot wait to get to that interview with you. Before I do, though, just a few words I want to share about this podcast episode's sponsor. This episode of the More Money Podcast is supported by TD Direct Investing. TD Direct Investing is marking June as Options Education Month, with the goal of helping investors learn more about options trading. Throughout the month, they are hosting a number of free virtual events for beginner and intermediate investors alike. Want to learn about some of the things people wish they knew before they began, or build on some of the knowledge you may already have on options? Visit TD.com/slash options education month to register for one of the many live webinars TD Direct Investing will be hosting. Or if you're more interested in getting an introduction to options in the first place, Place, there are a number of on-demand video lessons available too. To learn more and to check out the list of free events, visit TD.com slash options education month. Once again, to find out what webinars, masterclasses, and on-demand video lessons are available to view for free, visit TD.com slash options education month. Welcome to the More Money Podcast, Tiffany. I'm thrilled to have you on my show. Thank you for having
1: me, Jessica. I'm excited to be
0: here. Um, I've been following you for years and years and years. And so I'm so thrilled that you have this book, which I think is such a, I mean, good timing. I feel like this is, I mean, I know we're not in 2020 anymore, but it just feels like we're still doing the thing that we were doing last year and there's never been a greater need I think for financial education and and like a really you know straightforward and thorough roadmap to how to um get good with your money (laughs) which is you know (laughs) I didn't even mean to say that but clearly like your book is right next (laughs) to me and no I'm not like didn't even I'm like oh gosh that's the name of your <laughs>
1: but it's so cheesy but i didn't mean to no, no no because <laughs> in, 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 it it's feels natural because right because that's what we say like you know like oh i gotta get better with my money yeah and so why right? or like i gotta get good with my money so it was just and i wrote it during quarantine and pandemic so it's it definitely um there's an energy there of like oh my goodness so what happens when everything really goes wrong how do you do that you know
0: Yeah. And I feel like because or before the pandemic, I think a lot of us kind of maybe lost sight of it. I mean, not us who are like always thinking about money because we're in that (laughs) space, but everyone else just living their lives. I think because the recession had happened so long ago, a lot of people forgot about what it's Mm -hmm. like when (laughs) you don't have your financial house in order. And so this was a big wake up call, I think, for people. Um, So I'm glad that there's, you know, I mean, you've had resources for years and years and years and it's crazy. So you've been doing this for a long time. But Mm-hmm. you've grown such a huge community. Like you've helped millions of people. That's outrageous. Like in a good way. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: well, well, cause also too, it's been like, you think about like, you know, people who watch TV cause I've been on shows, you know, but then I'm also my own audience is about a million women strong. And we have just been consistent in delivering um, information. At the end of the day, I always say like, I'm a teacher. So I was an actual school teacher before I started the Um And so I just extended that. But now, you know, I, I really lean into teaching financial education, but in any way that I can, whether it's through Bix, whether it's from my podcast, Brown Ambition, my online school. So it's like... How many different ways can I reach and teach, you know, um, students out there who are wanting to learn how to, you know, what I call live a richer life, you know?
0: I want to kind of start with, uh, so I I actually loved the intro of your book. I don't think I was fully aware of your kind of background and how you actually got into this space. Um, So you, you know, it seemed like you had everything set up so you would be good with your money automatically because your parents were very good with your money. That's Mm -hmm. always a great starting point. But then you... Made some mistakes and mistake, and that's the thing. It's like everyone does make mistakes, and I think that's a big important thing in the personal finance community to um, really talk about them because a lot of people just talk about how awesome they are (laughs) with their money Mm -hmm. or like, oh, look at me. It's like, yeah, but what have you done wrong? Because that's also a great way to learn. So, do you want to kind of share a little bit about what was what was kind of the a trigger or or you know spark that helped you eventually create the budgetista?
1: So I yeah so I grew up thankfully like you know my parents were really good with teaching my sisters and I about money especially my dad who has his uh, bachelor's in economics and a uh, master's in finance um, so but it and I was pretty good until my mid-20s because I just really used to just do what he told me to do. Yeah. <laughs> then usually, you know, usually around your 20s. Um, you know, if you haven't already rebelled, that's when it kicks in. And I was kind of like, I know all the things. Mm-hmm. I could do this. <laughs> and I did not know any of the things. Um and so I leaned into what I thought was a friend of mine, who I thought was wealthy. Um, I like to call him Jack the Thief. Um, which you'll see why in a minute. Um, and he was just that a thief. I didn't know he was a thief at the time. I just thought he was a, uh, because we had been friends for like over five years by then. Wow. So you know, never, yeah. So he wasn't like, oh, I just met him. No, he was my friend for real. So I would watch him with the nicest apartments and the nicest cars and the, you know, those fancy watch. And I was like, Oh, you know, tech is rich. How'd you get rich? He's like, Oh, investing. I'm like, Oh, great. Can you teach me how to invest? He was like, sure. First rule of thumb is use other people's money. Um, take money off of a credit card. And I'd never heard of a cash advance before. I didn't realize what bad news it was. So I did. And so I took off uh, $20,000 from a credit card. I know. And now I, like, I literally look back and sometimes I want to like, scream. it's almost like slow motion. I could see myself. I want to be like, no. <laughs> yeah. um and I missed all the red flags and I gave him the 20,000 because he was going to quote unquote invest it for me and bring me back a lot of money. Um, and w- in the meantime, I'd never had credit cards before. I had this one little like $500 limit card when, from college, but I was like, but I had I had to open up new credit cards in order to take off the 20,000. And so I was like, ooh, you know, well, I'm about to be so rich. So now would be a great time to just use my credit card. So I did to the tune of $15,000. Ooh. So within like a week and a half, I went from zero credit card debt to thirty five thousand dollars in credit card debt. And I know it wouldn't have been as bad if the recession didn't like creep up right right after that. It was like that is bad timing. (laughs) uh, I mean, literally, it's like it went from bad to worse to even worse to terrible to. Oh, my goodness. Like so I bought a (laughs) condo at twenty five. because I thought that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm an adult now, and I want to get my own place. And I remember it was a big deal to me that I get one by the age of 25, you know. And so I bought a condo at 25, which in itself it's not necessarily a bad choice, but I didn't know that was the top of the market then. We didn't know that this recession was com- coming in a few years, so I bought my condo at for 220. And then at 26, I graduated with my master's. So you know, normally not a bad thing, but it was also didn't know that a recession was coming where people were going to be out of work and my masters would be useless. Ugh. So $52,000 in debt. Okay. Then at 27 is when I realized that Jack the Thief was indeed a thief. Mm. I was like, wait, what? So now I've got credit card debt, $35,000. And then um, uh, at 28, I was really like, well, that's when the recession hit. But I was like, hold steady, Tiffany. You're going to be Okay. And then 29 is when I lost my job. And I was like, eh, it's all fault." And now, yeah, what else is there? Great. <laughs> so here I was losing my condo. You know, there's a, I had this degree that I couldn't really use at this moment in time. It was costing me a lot of money and I had this credit card debt and Jack the Thief was long gone. Um, and so the, by the next year, I moved back home with my parents at 30, which was fun times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so so that's what forced me to really become the budgetista because as I was fixing myself because I did have a kind of like this foundation that I learned at home. But as I was fixing myself, my other friends who are also struggling were like, wait. I know you said you're doing bad, but I'm doing way worse than you. Can I do like your level of bad? Can you show me (laughs) what you're doing? And so that's how the Nista was born. Me fixing myself, then my friends, then friends of friends, and then friends of friends.
0: Natural. I mean, yeah, so natural because you were already a teacher mm-hmm. and you already had that good foundation. You just kind of maybe need to fill in a few gaps to
1: figure yeah. out where
0: did I go wrong? So I, I want to tell people that there is a happy ending that Jack the Thief yes. got. He's you in know, jail. <laughs> He's
1: in jail. Yes. And that oh because what he God. did to me because I couldn't find him. But uh, I, it was really hard. But. Cause he has a very unique, his name is not, his name is really not Jack. Mm -hmm, He's got mm -hmm. a very, very unique name. So like, I would say like every few years ago, I would Google his name. And um, I want to say two years ago, it came up and I was like, what? Jack the Thief versus the United States. um, (gasps) But you know, the United States of America. I was like, what? So apparently Jack the Thief pulled a really huge scam and went up against the United States. And you know, nobody wins. Nobody wins that. Was he using his real name to scam people? Like, yeah, I guess. it was so because <laughs> I say his name is very unique. He's the only one, you know. Like it's his like first you name is a bit smarter, you know. Yes. and the last name very unique too. So it wasn't hard for me to Google. So I even had to be like, wait, maybe this is a different person. But as I looked deeper, I was like, mm, no, that's him. He wow. was terrible he he actually he had a twin brother. This is how I knew for sure it was him because he had a twin brother who was a fraternal twin, so they didn't look alike. But he, I guess, was like um, taking people's identities and like. So that's why he got the federal government stepped in. It was like okay. You're a scam scam artist so he tried to use as a defense because I was reading his file that like it maybe it was me maybe it was my twin can you imagine to potentially implicate your twin until later it came out that his twin is a fraternal twin they're like the twin that doesn't look like you and I was and also, like, no so no
0: family loyalty you really to throw your twin
1: under the bus like that? wow so like, well, that's why Jack the thief is in jail and but I'm I'm grateful for those lessons it wasn't fun then. Because what it taught me was, because up until then, I only knew to do basically what I was told to do, not what I had to learn to do. Yeah, And so it really taught me like, and that's the premise from where Get Go With Money was built. It was like, okay, how do you rebuild your foundation? How do you budget? How do you save? How do you dig your way out of debt? How do you fix your credit? How do you learn to earn? Those are the first five steps in what I call financial wholeness, which is what um, Get Good With Money is all about. It's 10 simple steps to becoming financially whole. So during that really hard time, I was working on those five steps. And once I got solid, then it was like time to move on. How do you invest? How do you um, adjust your insurance? Am I fully insured? How do I um, increase my net worth? How do I start to stack my money team? Like who else do I need? What other financial you know, advisors or whatever do I need? And then how do I start estate planning? Those are the next five components of financial wholeness. And so, yeah, it just, I realized that as I was going through it, like the teacher in me, when I learn a thing, I teach a thing. It's just like my natural reaction. And so that's how, um, get good with money was born and that as I was learning and going through, I found that people were getting good at one thing, like, Oh, I'm really good with credit. Not so much my debt my debt's really great, but I'm not really saving. I'm saving, but I'm not learning to earn or investing. And so I thought, you know, it took me a while to achieve financial wholeness to a space where these 10 components had built a really strong foundation for me. So much so that 10 years later, when the, when the 2020 recession hit, I was in a really solid place and I was not easily shaken because I had reached financial wholeness.
0: And how nice is that to be like 10 years later, here we go again. And I feel like everyone felt like that when it's, I, I mean, I feel still, I get chills when I think of March, 2020, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh, everyone was like, this is it, this, we were all waiting for it. But yeah, like yourself, I mean, I, you know, experienced the recession a little bit differently. I just finished college and so couldn't find a job <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, great. This is adulting. Um, but it's nice to now be in my thirties 10 years later and then have, yeah, another market crash, um, Uh, you know, kind of mini recession, really, because it it wasn't as crazy as, you know, back then and be on like, I'm okay, this is nice. I'm not totally broke. I'm not totally broken. And this is, this is okay. And it's probably because I did a lot of the same things that you did. But I I think what's so great about your book is what I hear a lot from people is when they are especially even, you know, when March hit or even now people are like, Oh, my gosh, I need to do something with my money because I have not paid attention to it. I have no idea where to start. And if you okay. just start Googling, sure, there's information, but it is so overwhelming because oh, I remember wow, being man. in my 20s and being like, this is too much. Like, it's too yeah. much. And like you said, sometimes you'll hone in on one or two things. So yes. I got really good with budgeting and saving yes. and being super frugal. All the other stuff, nah, like investing. Yep. I don't want to touch that. That seems scary or... um Getting a mortgage and buying a place? No way. That's too scary. And so, and then you miss out on a lot of really important things to build, you know, kind of like you say, financial wholeness. So I think it's so great to have your book that's personal, but also tells you here's specifically the game plan. <laughs> this is how to make a financial plan.
1: And this is what you yeah, need to and do. That's what I wanted. It's like the difference between, like, between, like, if like i doing teacher speak, it's the difference between having a lesson and having a full curriculum. Yes. You exactly. know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm taking, you know, like um, geometry. That's great. But what about English and history and all the other components of like what you're needing for school? And so so and then what like made it super crazy, because I remember watching. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Marie Forleo. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I remember like when her book came out, I don't know, like a number of years ago. And she recorded when she got a call from her agent or I guess the publisher when it made the New York Times bestsellers list. And I was like, yeah, that, I mean, I remember being like, of course, it's Marie Folio. She's like huge. (laughs) But I remember because she's from Jersey as well. And she actually went to Seton Hall University. And so did I. And I just remember thinking like one day, but like, I didn't think for this book, I thought to myself, well, slow down. Like Tiffany, let's just get a book out. (laughs) Yeah. Let's (laughs) just get this book done. Yeah. I know. So when it hit not just one, but two New York Times bestsellers list, I, I just, it just felt surreal. You know, because especially in this space, especially, and you know, Jessica, mm-hmm. being a woman in this space, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like we're not always taken seriously when it comes to financial because <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they think we're just like, oh, you're just going to talk about savings, you know, yeah. which is nothing wrong with that. But I just feel, I just felt kind of like vindicated that like, no, you know, we hold a valuable space in this space, um, in the financial education space and to have Gecko's money, like it, it's something that can never be taken away. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. It's a Today Show, uh, Today, if not Today Show, USA Today, um, Indie, Publishers Weekly, every list basically this book made. And what it also told me that it was also timely because I'm not teaching you how to like trade options and (laughs) how to like, you know, buy, um, you know, um, um, do um, house hacking. Those things are great. But that's not, to me, my role in the financial education space is the same role that I played as a preschool teacher to give you the fundamentals so you could do the rest of the things with clarity with, and, with, and with confidence.
0: Yeah. And I think because you, you know, yeah, when I saw you uh, got the New York Times bestseller list, I'm like, that's not a big surprise to me. But I think it's, it's so important because it's like, well, number one, it just goes to show people wanted this, people were craving Mm -hmm. this. And there's still such a gap out there, not just for women, but also people of color. Like, Mm -hmm. you're like one of the main people that I follow. I'm like, she's a person of color. There's not too many people out there. I know there are, but they aren't getting enough attention. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we need to talk about. I mean, even just talking about 10 years ago, when I started kind of dabbling in personal finance, reading some books and had no idea what I was doing, like, oh, let's learn just white men. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't identify with anybody because I'm like, okay, so they're talking about if I want to start investing this way, I need $10,000. What? Like, I don't (laughs) understand. It's just, you know, and so there's it's 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 nice to see that there is change happening, but it, it definitely needs to happen faster. But I'm so glad mm-hmm. that I, you know, you've got this book. I can share it with the world because I think it's so so important for people to see themselves in, you know, their teacher and and uh, understand mm-hmm. it. Cause I think what's special about you is you have a special way of you know, describing things and um, expressing things—that's the main thing. You have a, a special touch that you're like, oh, I like her. I want to be her friend, and she <laughs> she's ex- breaking these concepts down in a way that isn't intimidating and actually makes me want to learn this because it can seem very intimidating. And yeah. there's a lot of judgment in this space too, like and shame and that Mm -hmm. we need to
1: talk about yeah i just don't think that there's a place for shame and judgment in education period like whether it's financial education whether it's preschool education whether it's because i mean studies have shown that although shame might get you to start to change it doesn't maintain the change
0: Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know and so
1: like I just it's just not a helpful tool and it makes you feel bad and I just I just don't believe in that and I you know I'm so glad that there's like I see as as because of the influx of especially women coming into this space that we're like no I don't you know no I don't don't want to feel bad
0: like we already (laughs) feel bad about money I don't want (laughs) to feel more bad about my financial situation and yeah it's it's funny sometimes and it's usually men who are kind of creating this messaging it's like if you're not doing it this way then you're doing it wrong like I saw a tweet Mm -hmm. recently about this I'm like who is this person and they clearly don't talk to people Mm -hmm. and you clearly and I think that's a big reason why you affect people in such a a big way is because you talk to people all the time and so you Mm -hmm. know how to talk to them if that makes Mm -hmm. sense whereas I think a lot of people out there are just in their little bubble and have no concept of what people and all you know sides of everything and all different kind of income brackets are dealing with and that's kind of the thing that you really bring to the table you you talk to every single person and Mm -hmm. the other thing too which is why i think people are really uh drawn to you is you talk about money which sometimes is a very boring topic but in an exciting way i mean the Mm -hmm. you know the your followers are called dream catchers how exciting like that sounds fun that you actually make it seem exciting and fun to be part of your community
1: No. And I I try to make it that way because money can be very overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And one, you don't have to do it alone. That's why I I started Dreamcatcher. So that way you have this kind of safe group. We've got like this Facebook group. It's like almost 500,000 of us. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) But I love it because what I learned, I remember when I first started, it was like a few, maybe it was like 20 or 30, then maybe a hundred. And I remember there started to be scenarios that I, I could not advise on. You know, Because in the beginning, I was like, oh, answering all the questions. And then it would be like, hi, I'm a single mom and I'm not sure. And I'm like, I'm not a single mom, but what do I do? And I remember the day that someone, because they had been taking the free classes that I had swooped in, it was like, honestly, last year I did this and this helped. And I was like, oh. and that's when it hit me, Tiffany, the purpose of this group is not for you to have all the answers, is to provide the resources to let people find the answers for themselves and then be resources to each other. It was so nice that like, no matter what your situation or circumstance, that you will find someone who has been there, done that and fixed it. And so that's what I just love about Dreamcatchers as a, as a community and a group, because you know, it's hard and, you know, and you're wanting to your point, Jessica, you're wanting someone that's reflected in you. So you might be like, I love Tiffany and I'm a woman too, but I'm a, you know, like I'm a single mom. And I would really like to hear from like, how did somebody manage, you know, the holidays? You know, when you have a teenager and they don't understand that there's not enough, you know, and so it's just I think that's really important. Everyone deserves to see themselves, you know, so that way, you know, they can change where they are and then come back and help other people, too. So, yeah, it just I when I look back on like all that we've done. It's just felt, it feels really good to just think of like someone, I I was doing an interview earlier today and she was like, wait, you've got a law and an online school and a group and then this and that. And I'm like, yeah, we've got a lot going on. But it's because because you want to know why? Because I'm wanting to catch you. I want that, like, if you bypass the first safety net, got you on the second, got you on the third, that, you know, you might be someone who's like, I'm not going to read. It's like, oh, that's okay. We got the group. And you might be someone who's like, oh, I'm not going to tell my business in the group. That's okay. We got the podcast. Oh, you know, I don't really listen to podcasts. Oh, that's okay. We got the book. You Mm -hmm. see what I mean? So it's I wanted to make sure that no matter what kind of like when as a teacher, they used to call it differentiated learning, no matter what kind of learner you were, however you absorb information, that there's a resource available to you. So you're not left alone to just figure it out by yourself.
0: Yeah, that's something that I realized several years ago is um, because when I first started, I started blogging and blogging was kind of the main thing. It was kind of the only thing. I I feel like podcasts weren't really popular. YouTube, I don't think anyone was talking about personal finance. I don't know what YouTube was doing back then, but it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go on there. So I don't know what was happening back then. But it's, it's the thing is... I think and and that's also like why there needs to be such reform in schools it's like people learn in different ways I'm a very Mm -hmm. visual and also auditory learner so I learn a lot Mm -hmm. from podcasts and videos I have a harder time reading it takes me Mm -hmm. I have to read like the sentence a couple times you know all that stuff and I realize other people are like that too Mm -hmm. and so started the blog it was fine didn't love it started the podcast and I'm like whoa this is totally Mm -hmm. for me because other people you know it's great to hear people like I was doing dishes and listening to you so it's like Mm -hmm. oh wow you can do your chores and yes. also learn about money how exciting yes. and then i mean i'm assuming do you have like an audiobook for this too yeah of course yep yeah.
1: and then well, I of read course, it, although, right? although <laughs> brutal and when i tell you reading the any if the author reads the audiobook please give them some grace and space because <laughs> it's really hard it is it's like it's just really hard because yeah you read like for like so it took me um, four days and so, thankfully, I was able to break it up like two days and then two days. But because you think to yourself, "Oh, I talk a lot," you know, I'll be fine. No, after day one, your voice is like, "Help me!" <laughs> and then you have to go back the next day and read for like five to six hours straight, and you're just like, "I'm not gonna make it. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna make it." Tell my loved ones I love them. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it was really, really. Because I too, and I'm always trying to be conscious when I do an interview because my natural cadence when I speak, I'm a speed talker. I don't Mm. know if that's the Jersey in me or what, or maybe (laughs) because I have all these sisters and we just used to be like, you know, so as a result, I'm mindful when I do interviews because it sounds slow in my head, but I know it sounds (laughs) normal to other people, Mm -hmm. but even more so with a book. Yeah. You know, so like you can imagine it was brutal. Imagine six hours of speaking at 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 a pace that's not your own. Yeah, because you need everyone to listen to every single word. Yes. I was dying because normally I read the book and I'd read it and I'm reading it in my face like, get good with money. Then I'm like, get good with money. (laughs) (laughs) No, but obviously, but when it's all said and done, I'm really grateful because it leaves a legacy. You know, when I'm no longer here, my voice is left behind on the book that I wrote. So it feels awesome. Yeah. And also like the
0: exciting thing too is I still feel like even though I feel like oh, I've been around for a while cuz it's crazy meeting so many new kind of financial experts, influencers, you know, content creators. And they're like, I just started a few years ago. I'm like, well, I feel old. Thank you. Um, I've been doing this like almost a decade. And they're like, oh, real? Like when I say, oh, I started in 2011. They're like, oh, I started last year. I'm like, oh my gosh, things have changed since I started this thing. That's for sure. Uh, but what's that's also the exciting thing is like, wow, we're just at the really starting point still of seeing who will come out and share their voice. Like for me... I did not have plans to do this full time. I literally was just like some girl being like, maybe I'll start a blog. Maybe my (laughs) friends will read it. But I was just like in my, you know, basement, you know, thinking, okay, I'll just write some nerdy stuff about personal finance. Um, But no plans to, I'm like, I didn't think anyone would read it. And it was just for fun. It was just a hobby. And now all these people are coming out and there's so many great voices and messages and stuff like that. I'm like, this is exciting actually. Because also it means hopefully this, uh, you know, personal finance won't be such a niche thing. Thing. I feel yes. like it is becoming more broad, yes. but I mean, yeah, 10 years ago, no one was talking about money. It was a very thing you had to really find that information yes. and really Google. Now people are doing everything on every platform, which is yes. great, which is really it exciting is. to see, but also you're on every platform too. So they can just find you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so
0: curious. Um, you know, I kind of, uh, I I'm so curious cause you've built such a crazy big, you know, kind of business, it started from just like you helping some people doing some coaching to where you are now. Mm-hmm. How did, like, I'm so, like if you didn't have like kind of a formal business background, how did you kind of navigate creating this big business? I'm so like, I had a high
1: level. I know you can't share all your no, secrets, no, but no, I'm no. like, how no, did you no, do lie. that?
0: That's crazy. Um,
1: well, so honestly, most of the things, I, I always say I stumbled and bumbled my way to, mm. to where we are now. So in the beginning, my only real goal was if I could just make $500 a month, if I could just make $500 a mm-hmm. month, that was it. Yeah. And so I remember being like, okay, my first kind of foray into try to make money, I was like, okay, I'm going to charge $100 to help people like do a budget, $150 if it's in person. And so nobody wanted to pay the $100 or $150, so I brought it down to $75. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I think like of like the 10 people I helped, only one person had the $75. Um, and even then I was, I worked with her for like hours and ended up being like, I could have babysat and got more money. Mm-hmm. So I just remember thinking like, okay, this one-on-one's not really working out because even if someone is will- willing to pay you after you finish doing their budget with them, most of them were in such dire straits. I didn't feel comfortable taking money. So I was like, okay, so not one to one. So I called, I had a mentor at the time. She was like, she founded a nonprofit and a lot of her money she came from, got, came from contracts. And she told me you should try to get a contract. And I was like, how do you do that? She was like, oh, that's up to you to figure out. I'm just, I (laughs) give you the advice. (laughs) So I was like, okay. So I had done a lot of volunteer work um, in different organizations. And I was like, okay. I started to think about maybe I'm thinking about my, one thing she did tell me, you're thinking about your, um, your actual, um, consumer incorrectly. I thought the person, the person that I was serving, the you know the woman on the other end was my consumer. No, n- n- not necessarily. The consumer is the person who's actually paying. And so I was like, well, is there a way I can help her but get someone else to pay for it?
0: Yeah. And so I started
1: to think to myself, huh? You know what? There are organizations that already do that. Do this in the United Way in my city in Newark was doing that. They actually had this series of financial education classes. And so the people used to be able to go for free. So I got to help my woman. That's what I call her, like my dream catcher, right? I got to help her. But then the United Way had money because the bank, because it was a nonprofit, um, banks used to give them money in order to have this program. So the United Way, when I I did a lot of volunteer work with them, um, when I told them about like, you know, hey, I want to, I was, you know, I would love to do something like this um, to have maybe teach some classes. They said, okay. So I wrote this curriculum of a six-week course that I would teach once, um, I would teach every Tuesday. And they paid me, I think they started paying me 300 bucks a course, a a class, which was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, made it. Right, right? I was like, that was like 1,200 bucks a month. I was like, oh my gosh. Now I can move off my sister's couch and into a room. I was only able to rent a room. A a friend (laughs) of mine had found like this really cute brownstone and there was like, maybe like, I want to say one, two, three, four, five bedrooms. And she was like, you want one of the bedrooms? It's 500 bucks a month. I was like, sure. It was just five women. We were all in the age from um in our uh, mid twenties to mid thirties, well to early thirties. And we each rented the room. Like we were like, it was like a sorority. It felt like, <laughs> yeah, that's um, but it was fun because I was like, okay, these women are all cool. And we all would help each other and cook. And, but it was all we could afford because um it was in a college, Newark is a college town. And so, it was not uncommon to find like a really beautiful brownstone that rented out by room really for college students. And we were like, yeah, we're not college students, but we're broke like college students. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I went from one to one to one to few, because standing in front of the classroom, that's few. And I remember thinking, okay, now you're making $1,200 a month regularly. How do I go from one to few to one to many? Mm-hmm. That's when I started to think differently. Cause I was like, well, this is limited, because I started the United Way, where I was doing it not just Tuesdays, but Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I said, okay, so now I'm not just making 1,200 bucks a month; I'm making 4, 2400 2,400, which is great. But I I don't want to work like how many how many of these do I have to do to get to like a you know um more money? And I thought, well, what if I could do one to? I didn't even really think of one to many until. One of my friends, his brother had just become like junior class president or something. And he's like, oh, come over to the house and we're celebrating. And I was like, okay, like in, at his college. And I remember I was like, you know, congratulations. He's like, woohoo. And he was saying something things. his brother, like, I can't wait to choose our speakers and stuff for the year. And I was like, you guys get to choose speakers, the kids? He's like, I'm not a kid. I'm like, whatever. Cause he's like 18. The like, am yeah, <laughs> you know? And he was like, yeah, we get our budget. I was like, dude, tell me more about this budget. budget. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we could choose our speakers and we have a budget for about like $1,500 per speaker. And we can have however many speakers for the year. And I was like, what? They give the kids the money? And he was like, well, we have a, an advisor. So obviously they're not going to let us like hire somebody like who would make our like make us unsafe or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, um, you should have a financial educator come speak. He's like, we should. I'm like, yes, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so I started to think, okay, that went from one to one to one to few to one to many, because many was me standing in front of like all of these college students. Um and then I started to like kind of work the college circuit. Like, okay, like I found that it was actually fairly easy because if you can find a student oftentimes it like a uh, two sororities or fraternity sorority would, would band together and put their budget together and be able to get me for 1500, sometimes up to three to $5,000. And I was like, woohoo! so what would take me a whole month to make? I can now make in one hour. And I said, okay, then my, um, I had written this book when I was still teaching preschool called The One Week Budget. It was my budgeting system. And it wasn't a book at first. It was just my system in a notebook. And a lot of my friends would ask to borrow it so they can do their own. And I thought, well, let me put it in. Amazon had this thing called CreateSpace at the time when you could just like kind of upload your files. And I had given it to some college student to put it like in book form so then I could give it to my friends. And I thought, huh, I wonder if, I can convince the college or the United Way to also have the book along with me speaking. So now I was able to bump up how much more I made. And um, Dreamcatchers came about because after like two or three years of working with the United Way, I had all of these students, like, you know, they were grown adults, but like all these people who had taken my courses, who had all these questions, they would email me every day. And I thought Facebook groups just came out. And I said, no more email. If you guys have to join this group, and if you have questions, you ask it here so I can answer it one time and everybody can read it. Mm-hmm. And that's how it came about. And I was like, you know, we're catching our dreams in this group. You know what? We're dream catchers. And so that's how the group came about. And um, and so then I started to think from, from one to many, how do you go from one to infinite? You know, like meaning like, you know, so I started to really think bigger. And I thought, huh, as I started to speak at the United Way, and and I started to post on social media. People who lived in different states wanted to come, and I was like, "Well, I don't teach in Florida. I'm in Jersey." And I thought, "Well, what if I could teach in Florida without going to Florida? What if I could take what I'm teaching and put it online?" And so I took that six week course that I'm mostly United Way. I, I and I put it online and I called it my Live Richer Challenge. And and um, I had a challenge for the last year, almost every year for the last five years. And my, my goal for the literature challenge was to get 10,000 people signed up. Mm-hmm. And wow. it took me, yeah, it took me a year because I didn't know anything about ads or anything like that. So organically, it took me a year, basically of begging. I used to post every day. Are you sure you don't want to sign up for my challenge? It's free. People were like, is it really <laughs> free? And it was. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and so the challenge, it took me uh, after about eight, eight to 12 months, 10,000 people had signed up. We launched wow. it, I want to say 2014, I think, or, or January, 2015. And that's when really things took off because when people went through the challenge and they were like, wait, it is really free. It's really good. You know? And because my thought was I was going to maybe get like how I got the United Way to pay for me to speak. I was going to get brands to pay for the challenge, but- I couldn't, I couldn't, um, convince anyone at first, but what it did do is it grew my audience because those 10,000 people told their friends and they're like, we want to do it again. I was like, it was just kind of like a one-off thing. They're like, we'll make it now one off. I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I took, um, cause it was, it was a series of, it was like a, a I call it a, a, like a blog course where I would send you an email say, Hey, Jessica, today's lesson, you're going to learn how to budget click here. This is what it was say in the email, click here to look to take the take the lesson and the lesson would just be on my blog because I didn't know how to I couldn't build a school so I'm like whatever just read the blog post and that would give you like whatever downloadable you needed if I needed to make a video I wouldn't I would um, do a video on my computer and put it on YouTube and then like with YouTube you could just click put it on your blog so that's how I, I taught those classes and so I I automated it and I was like oh on the back end of the email you can literally just say someone can sign up and it will automatically kick out a daily, Lesson from my literature challenge, and within three months, I went from ten thousand people who took the challenge to twenty, and now over a million people five years later have taken one or more of my literature challenges. So that's how the business grew.
0: I feel like you were kind of a pioneer in that you were one of the first people to do something like that. Like thinking of twenty fourteen, like no one was doing that in twenty fourteen. <laughs> like no one <laughs> knew how to do an email funnel, and no one was talking about. I didn't that even stuff. know that, and what that now, was. Yeah, I was exactly. Like, I
1: don't, I was not techie. I was like, okay, so how do I teach this class? I'm like, well, I can't put all this information in email. Well, what if I just say, here's the email, but click this link to go to the blog post. So the blog is where I could put all the stuff. So I wasn't wasn't conscious of what I was really doing was building a holistic brand. Because one, I was capturing your email. I didn't realize that. Two, I was sending you to my blog. I didn't realize that. Three... (laughs) I remember I had seen somebody had posted, um, it was like this click to tweet that they had in their blog. And I thought that was cool. So I was like, I put those in there like, oh, if you want to click to tweet out the main lesson from today's lesson. And then people started following me on Twitter. And then I didn't realize I was also building up my my um, my Facebook Kind of community because what happened was that people who took the literature challenge found the Dreamcatcher group that was really for the United Way folks and -hmm. said, Can we join this? And I was like, At first, I was like, No, it's not for you. (laughs) I (laughs) didn't really, literally, that's what I said. And they were like, No, but I have questions. I'm like, Oh, they're going to be emailing me incessantly. Fine, 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 fine. So they joined the, the Dreamcatcher group. On Facebook, that was originally for my United Way students, and then I didn't realize, oh, you're building your Facebook following, you know. And so what happened was, it was just like the circle that it wasn't like people think, like, oh, Tiffany, you were so savvy. I'm like, no, this was me not knowing how to use tech, so creating this like clunky, roundabout way to get you the information, and not realizing what it was doing was it was introducing you to all of my platforms and building a larger brand. And I just learned to listen. So the first challenge, in particular, I remember someone said, this is great, but I don't want to read all this on my um, on my on computer. Can you put it in a book? And I was like, why would you pay for a book? The challenge is free. Don't be silly. <laughs> the things people will pay for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> my, and then like maybe three or four people were like, please. And I was like, waste your money if you want to. So I asked <laughs> the same kid that put my my, my budget stuff in a book. I was like, Hey, can you put like these blog posts for the Literature Challenge inside like a you know book format and um, upload it to Amazon? And he did. And I remember it took the one week budget two years to really start selling. And it took uh Literature Challenge two days. And that was the first time I made any real money. I don't say real money, but like I remember that in, in that January when that Literature Challenge first launched. That book sold $10,000 worth of books. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. So I was like, what? Because I'd never made anywhere close to that. It was like, you know, a few thousand here, a few thousand there. But here I thought I'm doing the challenge. It's free. I wasn't able to get it sponsored. Oh, well for me, but it's free to the audience, but they bought enough books to pay to run for me to continue to run the challenge. And I thought, wow. And that's when I was like, okay, how do I think more savvy? The next challenge, I already had the book ready. Same thing, it sold really well. Um, And so from there, I just learned to listen and to develop things that people ask me for. Mm -hmm. You know, that's
0: why I think, yeah, people, you know, again, why you've kind of organically uh, built such a huge and loyal community is because you did it, you were just giving people what they were actually asking Mm -hmm. you for. And you didn't get into this really to make money. It was to help yourself. And then Oh, I'll help my friends. Oh, they have friends and friends. So I'll help them. And then you're like, Well, I guess I can help other people. And that's and that's, I think, you know, why your brand is so successful is because it's like, Oh, Tiffany, I feel like I can trust her. She's not going to sell me some get
1: rich quick scam? Yes, or I always, <laughs> ugh, that, I call it the gotcha, gotcha. I'm like, oh, I do not believe in the gotcha, gotcha because people come to me all the time. Oh, Tiffany, can you sell this credit card? No, can you? Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I literally could probably make five to 10 times what I make now if I said yes to even half the stuff that people send to me. And I'm like, so... That's like being a school teacher and selling like, you know, uh, drugs outside of like your desk, you know, (laughs) you're like, what, how do I say I'm a teacher here to teach and help kids? And then I'm like, well, on the side, a little drug dealer on the side, you know, like, (laughs) you know, I just don't believe in that. And so I say, no, I have something called my Lisa rule. So my, my baby sister who's now in her thirties, but still she's the youngest, her name is Lisa. And I used to have this rule where before I shared anything with y'all, like whether it was like an app or any sort of resource, I would ask myself, would I use this? And then I would use it. I'm like, yeah, I would. So I would share it. But it wasn't until one day I sent out um, it was an app. I think it was like Digit or some app, but I mm-hmm. like Digit. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't remember, I didn't remember sending. So I, I sent out an email just saying, hey, this is an app that I'm using that I really like. And Lisa texted me, was like, Oh, thanks so much for today's email. I totally signed up for the app. And my heart dropped. I said, wait, what app? What app? I called her. I was like, what app did you sign up for? Did and she was like, "Slow down, sheesh!" I started for Digit, and I thought to myself, "Why are you freaked out, Tiffany? Mm. If the thing you sent to your whole list is good, why were you scared that Lisa signed up for it?" And I realized that me me using it wasn't enough because I'm actually a lot more lax with myself because I thought like, "Oh no, if, if I use it, you know, it must be good." No, Lisa was became the new measuring pole, because I am hypersensitive over her journey. And so I, n- people know, does it pass my Lisa rule? Like, so I, there are things that literally I use it. I don't share with you guys yeah. because mm-hmm. it doesn't pass my Lisa rule. I don't, I don't think to myself, if Lisa were to sign up for this and call me on the phone, that wouldn't have a heart attack. Like, wait, 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 It needs some more research. So I always ask myself before I do anything, does this pass my Lisa rule? If Lisa signs up for this without letting me know, would I be upset by that? And if the answer is like, well, nope, then the answer is no. I don't share, it. even if I'm using it and loving it, because there's some there's some risk there that I'm not willing to take with Lisa's journey. And so that's that's what's helped me a lot too along this path is that you know really having those kind of like checkers you know in place for myself, so I don't ever really you know I've haven't you know knock on wood haven't had any like budget a scandal
0: yeah yeah you know
1: <laughs> but I also too try to own up like um, yeah. Like I'll give you an example. like I made a mistake, like, I don't know, maybe like seven years ago, a friend of mine who was like a genius when it came to student loans. So she helped me um get like eighteen thousand dollars of my student loan forgiven. Oh wow, and her service was four hundred dollars. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm like, that's nothing. Yeah. I got eighteen thousand forgiven. And she said, "Hey, Tiffany, I actually wrote a book that that shows step by step how, you know, like the stuff that I told you to do. I was like, great. And her book was like twenty four dollars. and I was like, no, no how about you sell to dream catchers for like a discount? And she sold it. She's like, okay, I can do um, like seven bucks or eight bucks. I was like, perfect. So she, I, the mistake I made was I did not read the book uh, because I'm like, but she walked me through. I was like, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't need to read it. Like whatever she said is fine because look how she helped me. It works, it works, it works. Yeah. Let's just say she's a really good teacher, a terrible writer. Oh. I can see that she, not everybody knows how to, Articulate the thing that they know in writing. Yeah. Yep. Like looking at the book, I could understand what she meant. I'm like, oh, that's when she told me to call and say this, and that's when she told me that. To, but I'm like, it doesn't make sense in this book. So she, I sent it out to my whole list and said, hey, list, this is how my friend helped me, you know, get 18000 dollars forgiven. She's gonna help you. Here's her book. Oh, I said press press send to like my fifty thousand email list book at the time. It was like my friend, Catherine, was the first person to text me. She said, "Um, did, did you did you read that book? I was like, <laughs> no, I was kind of busy. She's like, I think you need to read the book. And it was like <sighs> so poorly written. I was like, oh, my goodness. So my audience was like, like they at first they were like, is this some sort of scam? They weren't like, I'd never made a mistake like that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I was like, okay. So what I decided to do, I was like, I'm going to give people three options. They can immediately get their money back. I called my friend and I said, you know how you walk me through step by step. Would you be willing to do a class,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, where literally the way you like that's what where you actually shine and people can use their book as a ticket to the class?
0: Yes. You know, so idea. I was like, you know, mm-hmm.
1: so those were the choice. I was like, you can either get a total refund. I'm so sorry. Or you can use your book to the a ticket to the class. And if you still are dissatisfied, we'll still give you your money back. And so people were still really angry. I remember the Facebook group was lit. And I said, I told my admins at the time, do not delete any of the angry comments because it's deserving. So instead I created like a, um, like a, um, like a, um, hey, this is Tiffany. I'm so sorry, like a copy and paste. It probably was like three or 400 people, you know? Hey, this is Tiffany. I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. I should have read the book. This is, as I mentioned, this is how she helped me. She, she charged me 400. I thought $7 was such a steal, but I realized now that quite honestly... You know, that she's a really good teacher, but she doesn't, not a great writer, but here's your choices. You can ask for your money back, click here to do so, or you can take the class. And so like I literally, it was, I mean, it probably was a good 48 hours of like copy paste, copy paste, oh, wow. the same thing to all the emails that came through. People were livid. And I will say about one third of the people asked for their money back and we gave it back to them. And then two thirds were like, Tiffany, you know what? You've never been dishonest before. And I can understand the the mistake. So let's take the class. And when I tell you, she blew not just them out of the water, me out of the water. It was so good. And she stayed on and answered every single question. So class was supposed to be an hour. She talked for two hours and did ne- an extra hour of Q&A. And people were like, oh, oh, Tiffany, I get it. You're right. Your friend is amazing. But she's a terrible writer. <laughs> a terrible writer. Not everyone should write a book. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so What was so great about that is that the, the messages I got after were like, I'm, you know, like, I'm so sorry. Like my message was really harsh to you, Tiffany, but I understand now. And then it, the, so the lesson I learned there is that not that you can't make mistakes, you know,
0: mm-hmm, that mm-hmm.
1: you woke up to them and yeah. you try to fix them in like an honest way. And so that's the way I've navigated business is with transparency. And I haven't had like a huge mistake like that, you know, cause I'm more mindful now. I read the book now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm more mindful now, but I just think that it's important as business owners to understand that if you're in service to people, then serve people. That money, you know, it is possible to to do good work, to help good people, and to make good money.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things that I mean, as I've been in the space for a while, um, and and I think a lot of people. And like yourself, you've been doing this for a while and you're going to continue to do, to do this for a while, which is why it's so important in our spaces to really be protective of our audiences. And I think mm-hmm. lots of people I mean, I assume like lots of people like listening, um, you know, to this show, it's like they, they know me if they've been listening for this, you know, entire time. It's been six years, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like yourself, it's like, I'm so careful what I put yes. out there, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it is a lot of work just to be that careful and cognizant of what you kind of put mm-hmm. out there, but yeah, you can still make mistakes and all you can do is like okay I, I guess this is a mistake and I'll mm-hmm. own it and then you know try to rectify the situation and move forward so
1: and especially if all the things you've done before has really been yeah. a testament to your character that a mistake can be made and be like okay you know well I, the Tiffany I've known thus far is, is not like that so you know if she's made this mistake let me give her a chance to explain and then to you know to remedy it and so yeah it's that, like I have such a great relationship with my audience because of my, you know, because I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm here to help and to serve. Like a teacher is truly like a public servant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, like you're a good listener and that's the key thing, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. As I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, the the best skill you can really have is to listen. And so Mm -hmm. many of us don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we all need to get a little bit better at that I feel like I've gotten better at that. A little bit (laughs) still a ways to go but yeah anyways I I could probably talk to you forever because you're you're such a I mean you're such a great talker of course you have a podcast it makes sense um (laughs) and you're a speaker and a teacher so of course um it's been such a pleasure having you on the show I look forward to um having you again on the show because I'm sure there's going to be another book down the road take some time off of course I'm sure you need it but down the road I look forward to seeing what you're you're going to be doing in the future
1: Thank you. Can I share where everybody can get the book from? Should they want it? One
0: hundred percent. Where can people find you? Grab a copy of the book.
1: So I am the budget niece on all the platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I am on TikTok. I think I'm going to start TikToking. We're going to see.
0: I couldn't do the TikTok. I'll tell you what. (laughs) It was too much for me. But I feel (laughs) like you would be so good on TikTok.
1: I'm going to see. I'm going to see. And then if you wanted to grab the book, um, the title of the book is also the website title. Get goodwithmoney.com and you can pick wherever you like to get the book from. And hopefully you too will be 10 steps closer to achieving financial wholeness.
0: Amazing. And I'm sure too because we've mentioned all the other resources. You have so many resources. Um you so that live richer um movement that's still around, right?
1: Yeah, it is. So if you like all the other resources just the budgetista.com. So I've got an online school called the Literature Academy, the podcast for ambition, I even have a children's book that I wrote but Ooh all of that because mm-hmm. I went on like the, ba- the excuse me, the baby should know about financial education in a way that's age appropriate.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, all of that is available. And the literature challenge, the free challenges, all available at thebudgetnista.com. Um,
0: Amazing. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me, Jessica. And that was episode two hundred and eighty-four of the More Money Podcast with Tiffany Alice, the budget Nista. Make sure to follow her on all of the socials. So you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at The Budget Nista. You can find her website, thebudgetnista.com. And she's, of course, on Facebook. And uh, she also has a YouTube channel. I mean, she's got everything. Also, make sure to grab a copy of her book, Get Good With Money. You can find more information about it at getgoodwithmoney.com. I will also include links to all of the things that I just mentioned. uh, So it's easy to find in the podcast episode show notes. So just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 284 to check that out. So as always, I have some announcements. I've got some things to share with you so you do not go away. Just want to share a few words about this podcast episode sponsor. This episode of the more money podcast is supported by TD direct investing. June is Options Education Month, and TD Direct Investing is hosting a number of free virtual events throughout the month to educate both beginners and more advanced investors about, well, their options with trading options. Or if you want a full walkthrough of options trading for beginners, there are also a number of on-demand video lessons that will walk you through what options are, common option terms such as calls and puts, what the difference between in-the-money and out-of-the-money options are, and a whole bunch more. To learn more, and to find out what free events you'd like to check out, visit td.com slash Options Education Month. Once again, to find out what webinars, masterclasses, and on-demand video lessons are available to view for free, visit td.com slash Options Education Month. Okay, so obviously the, the big thing is giving away a copy of her book, the uh, book Get Good With Money. If you go to jessicamorehouse.com slash uh, contests, you'll see I'm giving away her book. I'm giving away uh, 10 other books. I'm giving away a ton of books, guys, um, because I love reading and I love to spread you know, the, the good I like to spread joy and like to gift people things. And one thing you may not actually realize is I actually buy these books myself. So I'm supporting all these authors who come on the show. But I also mail these to you if you are the winner, myself. So you will get a, a nice little uh, kind of note from myself, um, a little message. And yes, it is sent directly from me. Um, so something something kind of exciting to look forward to. So make sure to enter to win. Um, you can go to jessicamoraz.com slash contest for more information on that. Uh, like I also mentioned in last week's episode, I did recently do two uh, webinars uh, called the Five Secrets to Building Wealth in Canada. And uh, I will most likely be doing some more very soon. I'll have more information about all that, uh, shortly. But how you can keep up to date with all of my my things, my, my, you know, virtual events and, and, and stuff that I'm up to is well, first, follow me on Instagram at Jessica I Morehouse. Um, and also get onto my email list, Jessica slash subscribe. And one thing you may not realize is I have a bunch of free resources for you budget spreadsheets, worksheets, cheat sheets, you name it, I've got it um, in my free resource library on my website. If you go to Jessica Morehouse.com slash resources, log in, it does Put you on my email list. You can unsubscribe if you want to, but why would you want to? Because I have so many exciting things coming coming down the the, the Pike, uh, as they say, or as I have said for my whole life, pipe. I didn't know it was Pike. Anyways, um, so definitely stay on my email list because lots of exciting things uh, that I'm going to share, you know, throughout the summer. But yeah, lots of freebies that you can download for free. You may also not know that I do a regular um kind of AMA. Uh, ask me, you know, whatever the heck you want, and I'll. Give give you an answer every Tuesday at around uh, 12 noon Eastern time on my Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel where, you know, instead of doing uh, guest interviews, which I love doing on this podcast, obviously, uh, making specific videos on my YouTube channel. So, you know, I've made ones about just, you know, things that I, I feel that people want to know about. And they clearly do. I've done a ton of videos about um, if you're self-employed in Canada, what you should know uh, about, you know, taxes, income taxes, sales tax, CPP, all that kind of stuff. As a self-employed person, I really do know what, I, you know, what it's all about. I've been self employed for a number of years. Um, I, you know, I do lots of videos on investing, I actually walk you through my um, uh, investment account. And uh, yeah, lots of great things going on there. So you can find it at Jessica slash YouTube, or just go to YouTube, Google my name, you'll find it subscribe, you will not be disappointed. Um, so right now that is that is all I've got to share. But uh, like I also mentioned in last week's episode, this season of the show is going to go on for a little bit longer than normal. I'm going to wrap this up the Second week of uh, July. It looks like currently the calendar looks like on um, Friday, July 9th, that will be my final episode because actually, the final week of the show, um, I will be doing three episodes. Oh, and also, I should mention that, you know, in the coming weeks, I will sometimes have two episodes in one week. So, uh, next, not next week, but the following week, there's going to be two episodes. And then the following week after that, also two episodes and then three episodes. So, lots of exciting episodes to come. So, lots of of things to look forward to. Anyways, that is it for me. Thank you so much for listening to the end of this episode. I will see you back here next Wednesday, where I have a guest who we're going to talk about retirement and uh, procrastinating. So (laughs) lots of exciting things to look forward to. So thank you again for listening. A big shout out and thank you to my podcast editor, Matt Rideout. Uh, I will see you back here next Wednesday. So stay safe and have a good rest of your week.